to Justice, a new podcast where I'll be covering the stories of true crime cases that have received justice and cases that are still seeking justice. I'm your host, Lindsay. Today, I will be covering the case of Brack Bednar, who was murdered at age 14 after meeting someone he thought he knew from online. Breck was born on the 17th of March 1999 to his parents Lauren and Barry. Both of his parents were born in the United States, but before Breck was born, they decided to move to the UK, not only to support Barry's work as a shipping consultant, but because they felt it would be a safer place to raise a family together. Lauren said in the interview, quote, I felt safer being here because we don't have the gun crime problem that we have in the States. Breck was the firstborn child in the family, and then two years later he became the big brother to triplets, Carly, Chloe and Sebastian. The family grew up together in their home in Surrey, England. In 2006, when Breck was just seven years old, his parents decided to get a divorce, and Baddy moved out of the family home. However, he didn't move far, and kept in touch with the family, seeing his children regularly as they were growing up. Breck attended St Bede's School and he was a very intelligent student, often gaining top grades in his classes and receiving merits for his academic achievements. Outside of school, Breck was a member of the Air Training Corps 135 Squadron, where he would learn about the RAF, about flying aircrafts and rifle shooting. He also attended church with his family regularly, as they were religious. They were a very close-knit group, with Breck spending lots of time with his siblings and mum. Lauren, Breck's mum, described him as relaxed and warm-hearted, passionate about computing, with many friends who he played games with online after school. Speaking of playing games online, Breck had always had a passion for computers and technology as he was growing up. His mum described him as always taking apart his computer and putting it together again for fun. In 2012, when Breck was around 13 years old, he began gaming online with some of his friends. Although online gaming was not brand new at this time, there still weren't a lot of parents or even teenagers who were aware that it could lead to any sort of danger. Breck's friends from church got together and formed an online gaming club of sorts, where they would play online after school and at the weekends. The boys chose a server on TeamSpeak, which is a website that provides online voice chat, typically used by gamers. The server they joined was run by an older teenager called Lewis Danes, and although he wasn't part of this church group, he quickly became involved with them. The boys looked up to Lewis as almost an older brother figure. He would speak to them in online chats about his life. He also gained some merit with the group when he would buy them video games that were age-restricted to 14-year-olds. Over a number of months in this server, Lewis would continue to tell the group about his personal life. The group was gaming for up to six hours every evening together, and more at the weekends, so you can get an idea of how much time was spent conversing with each other and building up a relationship between Lewis and the group of six friends. Lewis Danes created a picture of himself, as someone these young, impressionable boys would aspire to be over several months. He told them that he was originally from Essex, but he had moved to New York to do some work for the Secret Service. 
He also said that he was a computer programmer who had made millions through several businesses that he owned. He knew so much about video games, about online communities and technology that he could often answer almost any question the group of boys put to him. So as you can imagine, they had no real reason to doubt him. Lewis was in a position of power, being older, being the one in charge of the server, and of course, coming across more knowledgeable than the rest of the boys in the group. Breck's mum has described that he would leave his bedroom door open when he was gaming and speaking to his friends. When she entered the room and said hello to the boys, they would greet her and sometimes send gifts or images that she could see on the screen. Nothing inappropriate at all, which gave her a sense of security. However, that security would begin to dwindle when she questioned the unknown voice in the chat. She heard a voice that she considered to be a deep, adult male voice speaking, and when she asked Breck who this was, he showed her the profile picture on Lucy's account. Lauren described this image as an attractive teenager, and expressed doubts to Breck that this was a real person. It was almost too good to be true. Breck assured his mother that he knew that Lewis's face wasn't real, but that Lewis had to use a fake picture due to the fact that he worked for the Secret Service. This immediately set off alarm bells for Lauren, as you can imagine, and she became wearier of what Breck was doing online. The gaming and online chats continued, however, and the group of boys would speak about what they wanted to do when they grew up. Lewis then spoke to Breck privately and told him that if he wanted a job at Microsoft when he was 16, instead of finishing school, he could make it happen for him. As Breck was so interested in computers and programming, you can imagine that this would have nearly been a dream come true for him. As time went on, the group began to question Lewis's behaviour. They asked him for some real pictures as they were starting to doubt his stories. Lewis always avoided the question and found ways out of giving them a real image. One time, he did send a picture, but Breck's friends said that they found it online pretty quickly, proving that it was a fake. Because Lewis was the owner of the server that they were gaming in, he could control what was happening. Meaning, if one of the boys would question his lies, or say something that he didn't like, he could kick them out of the game or mute them on the group chat. He would also often be in a private chat with Breck and not allow the other boys to join. This behaviour from Lewis began to cause arguments within Breck's friendship group. When some of Breck's friends approached him with their doubts about Lewis, he became quite defensive and angry. The boys wanted to game together, so carried on, but tried to distance themselves from Lewis and not engage in a conversation that would start an argument. They didn't really think that Lewis was dangerous, just that he was someone who lied to make his life sound better than it was. In his family life, Breck had begun to speak about Lewis more often, and over several months, Lauren noticed a change in his behaviour and attitude. Breck turned 14 in March of 2013, and it was around this time that he began to isolate himself from family and friends. Breck began to skip his sessions at the air training corps, missing out on trips away and activities that he used to love. He also began to refuse to go to church, despite previously being a committed member and it being something he'd done with his whole family since they were all little. Lauren decided that she was going to limit his access to online gaming. 
she put parental controls on his computer and forbade him to access the server that Lewis was a part of. However, this had very little effect, as Breck ignored her instructions. Lauren felt like she had to do something about this, and after a further six months of Breck speaking to Lewis online, having mood swings, becoming aggressive, and not spending the time he used to with his family, she phoned the non-emergency police number in the UK in December of 2013. This number is often used to report a crime or to give information that isn't immediately urgent. Whilst on the phone with the call handler, Lauren told them that she was worried that Breck was being groomed online by Lewis Danes. She feared that Lewis was a possible terrorist or a paedophile interested in Breck for sex. She also told them that she'd listened into some of their conversations and Lewis had expressed anti-government and anti-religious beliefs that were very concerning to her. The call handler assured her the police would carry out a check on Lewis Danes and that if there were any concerns that they found, an investigation would take place. This, however, wasn't true. The investigation never took place and was closed just one hour after Lauren had phoned. By February of 2014, the group of boys from the church had stopped using Lewis's gaming server. It was now just mostly Breck and Lewis by themselves. Lewis then told Breck that he was actually terminally ill and that he needed someone he could trust to run his multi-million pound tech company. He told Breck that he wanted him to take over the company when he was no longer able to run it, but he would have to show Breck the ropes first. The time had arrived for the February half-term in England, where school pupils are on holiday. Breck had just come back from a school exchange trip to Spain. Breck and his siblings were staying with his father Barry over the half-term. His brother Sebastian recalls picking Breck up from the airport after his trip and saying it was the happiest that he'd ever seen him, because on the trip, Breck had gotten his first girlfriend. When Breck got home, he told his dad that he'd be having a sleepover at a friend's house on Sunday the 16th. Barry was okay with this, especially as Breck had told him the friend stayed only a few streets away. Lewis had helped Breck come up with a script that would make sure Barry would let him go. He gave Breck a fake name to use, and a story to tell him. In an email, Lewis told Breck, quote, If your father asks where you're going on Sunday, say that you're going to meet a friend who is 14. His name is Edward Bly. He's invited you over to his dad's house for the day whilst he's visiting him. On Sunday evening, Breck left the house and walked down the street. When he was out of sight of his father, he got into a taxi paid for by Lewis Danes, and made the 30-mile, hour-and-a-half journey to Grays in Essex, thinking he was off to meet the multi-millionaire he'd called a friend for over a year now. This leads us to now speak about Lewis Danes. As you have probably guessed, Lewis is not a multi-millionaire computer programmer. He also does not work for the Secret Service. Lewis Danes was an unemployed 19-year-old who lived alone in a tenement flat in Grays, Essex. Lewis's grandparents owned the flat, 
and his neighbours described him as a recluse. Lewis didn't have any friends, apart from those that he played online games with. In 2011, Lewis had been accused of raping a young boy and possessing images of child pornography. However, the victim chose not to pursue the case, and Lewis was not investigated or charged with anything. The initial report of the assault was on Lewis's record, and if police had listened to Lauren when she phoned them in December 2013 and carried out the checks they assured her that they would, this report would have confirmed that Breck was most likely being groomed and that Lewis Danes was a dangerous person. On the morning of Monday, the 17th of February 2014, Barry, Breck's father, was waiting for him to get back from his sleepover. He initially texted him, then called, but Breck didn't respond. Barry began to get worried and phoned Lauren, telling him about the sleepover and the fact that Breck was not getting back to him. Meanwhile, at 11.06am, the Essex police received a phone call from Lewis Danes, who throughout the duration of the call was calm and emotionless, at points even speaking condescendingly to the police and asking the handler not to interrupt him. He told the call handler that he needed the police and a forensics team to come to his flat. When the call handler asked what had happened, he replied that he and his friend had gotten into an altercation and that he was the only one who'd come out of it alive. The call handler asked if Lewis was telling them that he'd killed somebody, and he replied, yes. Lewis then said his friend had tried to kill himself, and he tried to stop him. He said, quote, I grabbed the knife and stabbed him once in the back of the neck, I believe somewhere near the brainstem. I don't remember exactly what happened, but the fight ended with me cutting his throat. When police arrived at the flat, they believed it was clear that no fight had taken place. This was a one-sided attack. The flat was bloody, and Lewis had tried to clean some of it up with little success. He had taken his bloodied clothes off and showered and changed before the police had arrived. They found the murder weapon, a knife that was lying on the floor in the hallway. They also discovered black bin bags, which contained the clothes Breck Bedner had been wearing when he left his dad's house, but now they were covered in blood. They also came across hard drives, phones and other pieces of computer equipment submerged in water in Lewis's bathroom sink. Breck Bedner's body was found lying face down in Lewis's bed. His wrists and ankles had been bound with duct tape. He had stab wounds to the neck, which were ruled to be the cause of his death. Lewis Danes was arrested, charged with murder and was taken to the police station. There has been a suggestion that there was a sexual aspect to Breck's murder, as Danes purchased condoms online and semen was found mixed in with the blood in the flat when it was tested, but nothing has officially been confirmed or denied about this by the police. Back with Breck's family, they were still unaware of what had happened to him, just that he was missing. Breck's two friends from the church gaming group received texts from Lewis Danes. When they opened these messages, they saw pictures of a dead body covered in blood, quickly realising 
that it was Breck. These images were sent around the group, then to other friends, and as you can imagine, they spread around the community. Eventually, Breck's 12-year-old brother received the image and his two sisters began receiving texts of sympathy and messages asking if what had happened to Breck was true. As you can imagine, the family were completely confused and distressed by all of this. Back at the police station, Lewis Danes stuck to the story that he'd given the call handler. He said that Breck had threatened to hurt himself and grabbed a knife from Lewis's bedside table. Lewis said that he tried to stop him and wrestled the knife from his hands, but Breck then became angry. Lewis claims Breck came at him, and Lewis stabbed him in the side of his neck in self-defence. Lewis said that Breck continued to try and fight with him, and that is when Lewis slashed his throat. He claims he did everything he could to stop Breck from bleeding, but Breck died in his bed. Lewis pleads not guilty to the murder of Breck Bedner. However, the police, and eventually the prosecution, would find the holes in Lewis's story. One of the biggest being that the initial stab wound to Breck would have killed him in a matter of moments, meaning he could not have fought with Lewis, and that any further injuries that Lewis inflicted were not in self-defence. In November 2014, Lewis Dane's trial began. The judge asked Lewis how he was pleading, and in a turn of events, he pled guilty. The trial went on, and eventually, in January of 2015, Lewis Danes was sentenced to a minimum of 25 years in prison for the murder of Breck Bednar. Crown Prosecutor Jenny Hopkins said, Our case was that Lewis Danes, even though he was only 18 when he committed Breck's murder, was a controlling and manipulative individual who carefully planned his crime. The degree of planning and manipulation by Danes is shocking, and when you consider the young ages of the perpetrator and the victim, it stands out as one of the cruelest, violent and unusual cases that we have dealt with. Breck Bednar was buried on what should have been his 15th birthday, March the 17th, 2014. His funeral was held at the church he so regularly attended with his family and with the group of friends he used to play online games with. Hundreds of people gathered to pay their respects and members of the air cadets played their band instruments in the funeral procession. Breck's parents said in a family statement, quote, Today we should have been celebrating our son Breck's 15th birthday. Instead, we are buddying him after his life was cut so tragically short. The amazing number of people attending his service is a tribute to Breck's outgoing nature, both at school and amongst his wider circle of friends. This turnout is no surprise to us, as he has always been a sociable and good-natured child, and as our eldest, at the heart of our family. This, however, wasn't the end of this case. Lewis Danes made two blog posts from prison in an attempt to give what he claims is his side of the story. In these, he tries to contest inaccuracies in media reporting, in a BBC documentary made about the case, and 
he calls out the media for their attitude towards online gaming communities. Lewis also tries to pick on the language used by Breck's family, especially when they called his apartment grotty. He argues against this, stating that his flat is clean and modern. He also claims that he was in fact wealthy and he was intending to leave the UK the following day for a brand new job. He claims that Breck saw his packed suitcase and that was what upset him into fighting with Lewis. He didn't want to be abandoned. Lauren tried to claim a harassment charge, but police said that there was insufficient evidence. In 2019, one of Breck's sisters began receiving taunts on Snapchat from someone claiming that they were Lewis Dane's cousin. They sent her images and messages implying that they were watching her and the family. They also threatened to smash Breck's gravestone. Police again were contacted, but they did not pursue this person, rather telling the family that if they felt unsafe, they should install security systems at their house. In the aftermath of Breck's murder, Lauren, his mother, kept feeling like this could have been entirely preventable. Lauren sued the Surrey and Essex Police Departments for their failure to help her after she reported concerns that her son was being groomed online. The Independent Police Complaints Commission carried out investigations into both of the police departments and stated that they felt the person who had taken Lauren's call did not have the expertise to handle the report appropriately. They said that calls of this nature should be directed to a specialist agency that deals with reports of grooming. They also referenced the fact that the police did not actually carry out a check on Lewis Danes as they said they would, meaning the report of him being accused of raping a minor was not flagged up and he was not investigated any further. They concluded that this error most likely cost Breck his life. Lauren then went on to establish the Breck Foundation, which aims to raise awareness of online dangers and promote responsible use of the internet. Leicestershire Police produced the short film called Breck's Last Game, a docudrama about the case, and it is currently used in schools around the UK to help warn pupils about the dangers of catfishing and meeting someone they don't know from online. In 2019, playwright Mark Wheeler published a play called Game Over, telling Breck's story through the words of his friends and family. The play is used in schools during drama and PSE lessons to help pupils understand how grooming can take place and what signs they should be looking out for amongst their friends and family members. Lauren said to the BBC, Quote, I want Breck's tragedy to open the eyes of everyone, to recognise the dangers of online predators. It is a very real danger today. We all need to look after each other. People think it only happens to anti-social kids, but it's just not true. If you would like to get more information about the work that Lauren continues to do across the UK, you can find information at thebreckfoundation.org. As we come to the end of this podcast, I wanted to remember Breck as an intelligent, charismatic teenage boy 
who loved gaming and the digital world, and who enjoyed spending time with his friends and his family. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If the platform you're listening on allows your views, I'd be grateful to hear what you think, and I hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you.